got a real problem. Yo, what is that problem? In a world where Mott's has a problem. <laughs> and it's a coffee problem. It's a coffee problem. <laughs> it's it's uh it's something that actually I think involves me and you, and I thought it'd be a good opening. One man, two men involved in a mysterious coffee adventure. <laughs> it it really is. So so our coffee problem. Yep. I think you may have a more serious problem with me, which is that getting good quality beans into our grinders and into our pour over systems on a consistent basis. I'll tell you what, I I may have 99 problems, but a hand grinder ain't one of them. All right. Yeah. That's the thing is we both have the the grinding part down of the beans. We have the brewing done and we definitely have the drinking of the coffee down pat. But if you don't have the beans, you can't really do any of that. And yesterday, no, two days ago, Monday, I got back from a great journey that we'll talk about in a bit, but I didn't have any beans. But I couldn't go to the store because I had to leave for work. So I grabbed a Keurig pod and then oh. I hated my life because it the, it's, the, it's the spare reserve reserves. Right. So it gets to the greater question is like I have a Blue Bottle Tonks subscription. Okay. So Tonks was acquired by Blue Bottle. Right. It's every two weeks. But then at about day 10, I run out of beans. You, you have a problem that many, many, many a man and woman before you have had is specifically Luke has had for a long time, especially when I was regularly coming over to steal myself a cup of Joe. He would he was yeah. running out like day six, day seven. Oh, oh and that's bad news. Yeah. And and you can't even then get a weekly subscription because then you're running out the weekly. I don't want to go to weekly because I'm already spending, you know, eighteen bucks on a bag of coffee, but I don't want to go to the store right. or to my local my local coffee roaster and be like, oh let me get another pound because you know, there's that. And then there's the other option of like, oh, I'll just go to the grocery store and get, you know, a, a quarter pound or whatever. Right. With the, with the, you know, the plunger. Or, or boom, there's the third beans. option, which none of us would consider, which is that we could all drink less coffee. But no. <laughs> no, that no, is not. That's not even not an a, option. I mean, I, I, you know, I sin just in bringing it up. But yeah. Yeah. So this is a problem that I have now. You have the problem, which is, I mean, I don't know what the extent of your problem is, because I was talking to your lovely, uh, beautiful wife. Yep. Chana, a lovely human being. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> this is over Thanksgiving, I assume. Last time over you Thanksgiving. Shauna. Unless you and Shauna are having regular calls that I don't know about that you want to tell me about. But yeah, we started our own podcast. Oh, okay, really? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming this conversation took place over Thanksgiving. So go ahead. It did, and we. So I teased a little bit. We we actually started talking about just how your coffee game has changed so much right. over since we started the podcast. Did she thank you or like resent you? Right. Uh, it was an in between. <laughs> right. She's not sure if she's happy or not. Yeah. It was a very un- unsure. Like what what have you created yeah. type of kind of flow. Um, and, and she was telling me, though, that, you know, it's great that you have the coffee set up. You drink a lot of coffee. But, you know, her thing was really, does Danny really need more energy? Right. Does he really need that extra? <laughs> a question that many have asked. Many have yeah. asked. Yes. So and then she goes, and he really wants this coffee subscription. And I just don't know because he has a guy. This is what I this is what I heard. I said, she said, Danny's got a guy. I got a guy that is delivering beans. She's like, we got beans for days. So right. I don't know why he's talking about. Well, I got I, I got I got so many guys. I got a guy guy. I got a guy you who a knows guy, me guy. guys. Like if you need a guy for fixing, you know, putting in a light bulb, getting you coffee, right? Fixing a leak. I got a guy guy, a guy who knows guys. So just so you know. 
Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You, you were also kind of my guy because since I've really upped my game, you provided and, and believe it or not, I actually don't drink as much coffee as you. Like if I was getting this two week subscription, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't run out. I've, I've kind of lived on a combination of donations um, mm. from here and there, uh, buying an expensive bag now and then. And I've, I've been recently told that I'm, I'm still not in the level of coffee snob I need to get to. Cause just the fact that I've had a bag that has ever lasted even more than a month means that I'm not actually, uh, I'm not grinding and brewing my beans while they're, they're most fresh. I've now under, now I understand that if you get a bag, you should use it within like a week, really, right? I mean, yeah, two, two, two weeks is the max. Two weeks is two the weeks max. So you're, you're kind of right on line with what Blue Bottle's expectations are. And, um, but see, the combination for me, I, I, because I'm in one of those situations where my office is like 20, 30 minutes from where I live, right? And I think when you, uh, when you have to leave home, especially these days where I leave home early with the kids, I take Nash to basketball practice, all this stuff, I end up not being that guy who always has time to kind of make myself a hand grinded, nice, cup of beans with the really great um you know roast that you've gotten me right yeah so sense. so so partly i just want to give myself a uh, you know a little bit of an excuse that my schedule has been such that picking up a, a cup of coffee at starbucks as much as i you know fawn at uh, you know joke at it or i i like to pick up this organic red eye i told you about that's at this like local mm-hmm. ice cream store where i live i love it so I've i've had coffee that is good but outside of my roast and i'm learning that that means that probably some of the beans I'm having in my amazing December coffee tripper you got me aren't as fresh, but to me, I still really like it. It's honestly a great cup of joe. So, yeah. so that's kind of where I'm at about it right now. It's interesting. You almost have the, uh, I call it the, the Rod, the John Roderick problem. Okay. So I don't know if you know John, <laughs> I John know. Roderick. I can't wait for this. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So John, uh, Roderick, I listened to, uh, his podcast, right. Roderick on the line. John Roderick is a very famous, uh, musician, uh, writer and podcaster of the long winters. I don't know if you know. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cause he got it. Yep. Um, yeah. So he was part of the long winters, uh, the Western state hurricanes, Mount Desolation, a bunch of stuff. Right. And uh, he does a podcast. It's really good. He's from Seattle, which is why I listen to as well. He's a great guy, but he, he told the story very similar to you is like he was living his coffee dream out on donation base he'd go to these events right these go to like a premiere of something and they give you the grab bag of stuff and right. there's a pound of coffee inside and then he has stacks of pounds of coffee on it you know it was, it, he had this whole story about it um and and, and and i was listening to john just like i was listening to you right now dan i was like yeah but this coffee's no good anymore once it's roasted you got 14 days that's right. it you know what i mean it, it's gone um which is interesting, but it doesn't mean that the beans are are bad, right? That and that's something to be. Imp- it's just not the beans as fresh that as you should exactly. or could be enjoying. And, and what you could do is put it in. There's some certain canisters that maybe Santa Mazzi will be bringing into town. Okay, that you can essentially open it up, put it in there, and then it will. You know, it, it kind of sucks all the air out of is it. Is it a myth so it's even that if better. you keep it in the freezer, it lasts longer? Or is that a no? Myth? That is a myth. That's, that's a myth. myth. Okay. So I've, I've also heard that one. And so I, I actually put a couple of my bags that are unopened in there. So mm. because I, I think that because they're unopened, even though I passed that two-week period where clearly they were roasted and bagged, 
probably more than a month ago now, I still have a couple bags of really great stuff I haven't opened yet, which I'm going to get to. And I'm imagining at some point this conversation between you and Shauna will become relevant again because I will eventually <laughs> run out of hand-me-downs. Like, it's going to happen. Got it. Hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later um, because I want that coffee fresh. And just talking about this is making me want that afternoon cup of J-Town. Too bad I can't just yeah. pause our podcast and go get it, but, you know. You got to have it. Actually, you know – um, it's really interesting too because I like you. I come into campus and right now I'm literally out of beans at home. I'm gonna when I go home, I, there's a there's a fresh pound waiting for me. But this morning there was no beans, so I left uh, left the house at seven twenty to get into campus and I had to go over to our our Starbucks Cafe sixteen over here and I got a red eye and it's like you know I was like oh man two seventy five you know I'm just like oh geez and so I've been trying to do it as a as a cost saver because you, you know if you ever. I think we've talked about it before. One time I went on Mint, which is like, a you know, you put in all your accounts and it does everything for you. It figures out how much you're spending on stuff. And there was a coffee section and it was unruly. Uh, and I tried to, that, that was why I actually do the at-home subscription because my thought was if I spend $15 every two weeks on a pound of coffee and, and roast that or grind that up, that's way cheaper than going out and buying a coffee five days a week. Totally. I mean, just do the math, right? Yep. And I drink like four cups of coffee a day. So that's, yeah, there were some days I was, I was spending like 15 bucks on right. just coffee. because so I was like, I mean, oh, I'm going to go here. Four and cups then... of coffee a day. That's the that's the exchange rate equivalency of 17 unicorn uh, hairs, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, that's about 15 Bitcoin. So right. I mean, 15 Bitcoins it's a lot, and 26 it's a lot of leprechaun riddles. So you're, yeah, you're some... really dealing in, in non forms of cash currency these days. I love it. Yeah. It's about like 5.2 billion Doge coins. I don't know if you, about the, if you know about the Doge coin. It's my favorite coin. Yeah. Uh, of all coins. Uh, but I deal yeah, it's, in it's, cyber it's... currency in a pretend way. I know oh, enough my. about cyber currency to when people are talking about it, I can kind of pretend and say, you know, I can throw something out there and, and use some terminology, but, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a big cyber currency guy. Oh, I have no idea. I, I, all my, a lot of my colleagues, they're all about it, yeah, right? Yeah, No, I, it's and not a like, lot of mine too. In fact, our, our one of our co-founders, Jay, um, huge into the the Bitcoin, more than Bitcoin. I don't even know all the other breaking ones these days, but he's all up in it. These the Ethereum and the the Pony coins and the the, the Twinkle coins and the, I, there's all these different coins. And I, my my boss, my I think it was my boss or someone else we know. He was he was like, I got all these coins that I, I can't get them out. Like I got, how do you, I mean, he's, he's like, I bought this box and then I transfer the coins into the box and then it's in the box and it's secure. So that way if this, I'm like, this seems just like, I just go to the bank and I'm just like, can I get $20? Uh, well, like, like you're missing Jay out, is dealing with but... all this stress too. Cause like Bitcoin like reaches all these all time highs and then he's stressed. Yeah. Should I cash out? Should I not cash out? Get out. You know? And, and yeah. he, and he's, he, he's, I think he's kind of crossing the line where he's going to live and die by the cyber currency situation. I think partly <laughs> he's able to sleep at night because he got in so early that oh, even yeah. if it totally failed, it would be like very little loss for him because he's, you know, he's done well for himself in his life. So it's, but if he gets out and it becomes like, and it does somehow legitimize and really become more mainstream than it even is now. And, and he always believes and, and kind of is a fair weather guy feeling like the feds are always putting out clues that they will at some point truly legitimize Bitcoin first and with it other forms of cyber currency. So he's kind of, I think he's just kind of in for the ride. He's going down with the ship. Or, yeah, or he's going to be a trillionaire someday. That's kind of where he's at. Yeah, it, it literally makes and it, and it's it's. I mean, I, I agree. I think I, I 
I remember moving to Seattle like six years ago and everyone was talking about mining and doing this. I'm like, ah, well, that's stupid, right? And, and like, I'm looking at this chart from like when I moved to Seattle, I was like, it's like $100. And I was at like $13, $14,000 a coin. Right. Like, I don't understand. I still don't understand how that, I'm like, how is that even Like, how was that feasible? really, how? truly measured? And that's the, that's the yeah. reason why so many skeptics about it, you know, but there are opportunities to cash out for material assets and people do do it sometimes, but Jay doesn't want to do it. And, yeah. you know, it's- Computers, man. you know, crazy. something that Jay deals with in his work world. I don't deal with in my work world. That well, I'll tell you what I do deal with in my work world. That's the interviewing process for the potential assistant to the regional manager, known as Danny Wrench. Oh, is it happening? So, is it? Did you? How is this process going? How is? How was the triage? It, and then how? I mean, this is the. Is this the first time you are you ever hiring someone to work? directly oh for yeah, definitely you. the first time i've ever i mean i told you i all the jokes uh the narcissistic jokes we i i engaged in about myself last week aside this wasn't my idea eric has actually interviewed everybody and he's convinced this mm -hmm. will really improve a lot of other you know fringe areas of our company because even more than him i probably am dabbling and involved in more areas than anybody just like dealing with content and events management and and our and all of our PR stuff and 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 then I also manage cheat detection like and and you know which is a huge data and resource drain when we're dealing with all the investments we're making we have to stay on top of catching cheaters and and, and like I, I could go on and on right so the point is we don't care we get it Danny you're busy but the point is I, <laughs> I have gotten we we have whittled 176 applications down oh my to, goodness we whittled it Eric whittled it down to like a dozen before he would even let me take a look like he was really wanting to run this and so we're really trying to lean toward it it became it was so much fun. We got so many people interested and so many, frankly, overqualified candidates who wanted to be my assistant, which was just awesome, that we were like, all right, what do we what do we really want this to specialize in? Like we've got people that have like really brilliant writing skills and could be like editors and all this stuff. Then we've got people that, you know, would be leaving like marketing positions, right? And like, you know, if we're really do we really care about, you know, kind of the growth and we'll call it the you know, the B and D, right? Business and develop, you know, the, the, the aspect of, of growing the company. And so I think right now we're kind of leaning towards somebody who can really dive into some of the nuts and bolts and, and maybe, um, and I'm, I actually have some interviews lined up this week. So I'm hoping that this time next week we have an official, I feel like I'm announcing a marriage, you know, <laughs> that we will officially be, you know, be committed to each other in a committed relationship and, and we will be moving forward with whoever my assistant will be. Nice. I w eventually, you know, maybe we'll get to the the time where we'll have the assistant on. I want to. I want to. I want to meet this person virtually. Like, get them be part of the podcast scene. I, I will say, like, it seems what is it like, like? The final five six people that I'm going to interview now are I. None of them mentioned the podcast in our final oh. email exchange. So that is that is a point against all of them. They don't even know it yet. You know why I can say that? Because obviously they're not listening to this podcast. So I can talk exactly. bad about them, and I don't even know them yet. <laughs> What would be great is if you hired someone and then they're like, I love, like, huge fan of the podcast, right? <laughs> and then it's but, like, like, only after they got hired. And then I try to go back and, like, Mots, you got to delete that part of the episode. You're like, I can't. It's already live. So I'm, like, talking all this crap about the assistant. Um, but anyway, oh, so that's man. what's They're going on with me cool. in a work level. Let's leave that behind because the big news in the world of chess that I, we have to talk about in this episode. Because it literally is happening today was this was this huge reveal that um, Google Google's – 
it, it's really DeepMinds, but because Google acquired DeepMind, which is uh, an artificial intelligence company specializing in the investments of organic machine learning, um, Google's AlphaZero destroyed the world's strongest chess engine. So, okay, everybody, take a breath. Let me explain this for a second because Mots is super interested in this too. We're going to have some fun discussion. So many, I think this is really awesome for our demographic, Motsi, because we have we have all these tech people. We have chess people who love this show. Some crazy coffee people who don't even know why we love chess or tech, but hey, we love you. So, But I, I really think this is right up everyone's alley. So what happened was this. DeepMind is a company that was founded in 2010. Again, they specialize in the investment into, it's not just artificial intelligence, a lot of do that, but really like trying to develop and figure out what it's going to take for more machine learning to happen organically without us just feeding them information, right? So that's kind of what DeepMind specializes in. And they, a lot of people know of them because AlphaGo, which came out, you know, about a year ago, right? We talked about AlphaGo beat the world's best Go players, um, which was supposed to be a much more complicated version of chess because, uh, sorry, it was supposed to be much more complicated for beating be, beating humans than chess because, hey, computers are already beating humans at chess, so Google didn't want to waste their time with that. But beating a human at Go had never been done, at least not the world champion. Now, Google's, Google's Alpha Zero, God, it's a tongue twister. It, it's beyond beating humans in chess. It destroyed Stockfish, which is, if you don't know, just won our own chess.com's computer chess championship. We, we are now holding this yeah. sort of awesome computer chess championship, which Stockfish just won. And so Alpha Zero beat Stockfish in a 100-game match. Are you ready for the score? I'm ready for the score. Yeah, because I'm imagining if it's going up against the best chess engine, it should be relatively pretty close. Right. No, exactly. It Google and, and again, there is this is all over Reddit today. If you if this is all over uh, the Verge, as you said yourself, this is on the interwebs. Um, okay, people hearing this on December seventh, I'm I'm referring to December sixth when Mots and I are recording this, 2017, but. It, it, it was so lopsided, Motsi, that there are issues and controversies surrounding the format and the hardware committed to both teams because people are so mind blown mm. that Alpha Zero destroyed it that bad. In a 100 game match, Alpha Zero beat Stockfish, 28 wins and 72 draws with zero losses. No, zero, zero losses. Losses. It just it's so now I'll let you talk about. That I know means you have a question. Didn't... This is absolutely bananas. Just so you know, we haven't. You were just looking at the article before we started recording. I've literally been wrapped in this world all day. So go ahead. So now, when did those wins occur? In it because because you know how machine learning works is that essentially they would have dumped they would have dumped um, all of all of the ch- as many chess outcomes and games into the engine into the neural network. And then oh, I wish we'd had Frank on this episode. He would explain this way better than me. Uh, Frank's my other, my, my good friend who's a genius in, in, in AI stuff. And so they would have dumped all of these games in there and they would have created this neural network. And then what would be happening as the games are going is that it should be learning as it's going. So in theory, it should not have won any games for quite a bit. Well, but okay. And so that's the I- thing is it should have lost to then – but but again, so the parameters Learn. were this: Alpha Alpha Zero, not Alpha Go. I keep wanting to say that because Alpha, Alpha Go was zero. more famous. But Alpha Zero, zero. Um, was given. So first of all, for from one perspective, that is what happened, right? So what they did was they developed Alpha Zero as a machine learning piece of software. I guess they taught it the basic rules to the game and then said go. The basic rules of the game of who would win. It has played itself 
experimental games beating itself over and over again thousands and thousands, probably millions of times. Yeah. That that did happen before this match versus Stockfish. But the brilliant or the most interesting part about that is that's really the opposite of how we've come to have Stockfish as the world's leading engine. Because for those of you who don't know, I mean, the history of chess engines has been, it's like all the way back to Deep Blue, right? Uh, IBM teaches the computer not only how to play, but also gives it the most latest and greatest opening books. And it gave it really the maximum level of legal human assistance to beat Kasparov, which honestly, if you remember the, con- you can even Google now, controversy of you know Kasparov and IBM Deep Blue match, where he actually accused yeah. them of human tampering mid-match. Because Deep Blue played better than any engine before it when it beat him. And, okay, whether Kasparov was right or not is irrelevant. Engines from that point, Mots, have have used what we've taught them. Like, everyone remembers the big breakthrough when Ribka, which was an open source... Uh, sorry, not an open source. That was one of the initial... Um, one of the first monetized engines that was trying to be sold by Chessbase, when they changed the way that Ribka evaluated pawn structures, essentially allowing it to think more like a human and see the bigger picture, like positional chess, and think way ahead about making decisions about having a pawn in the endgame, which gives you a better chance to get a queen. So I don't want to get too specific, but I think our users can understand what I'm saying, or our listeners can understand that basically the computers have evolved partly because we have t- what we have taught them about how to yeah. think about chess better, and then they've combined how to think about chess from us with the ability to calculate a million times deeper than us. Like, their depth of calculation with a CPU just destroys a human. But essentially what this means is that AlphaZero, as a machine learning, is literally the closest thing we've had to Skynet becoming self-aware and blowing up the planet as anything in the actual world, right? As anything since Age of Ultron. You know what I'm saying? I mean, basically, this thing has taught itself to beat the strongest ever chess engine AI ever. It's amazing. Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy. Which is, which is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's, it's so, mind-boggling. So, so when did the wins actually occur then? Did they occur in the end? Like in the last No, the first win was game three. Oh, wow. And I have actually already recorded a video highlighting the amazing moments of game three. For those of you who have not subscribed to me on YouTube or even just go to youtube.com slash chess and subscribe there. I'm not trying to do free plugs, but you know me, Matsy. Plug, plug, plug. Wah, wah, I, um, wah, wah. I, have, I, I will be doing a top five video series showing the top five games from from uh, the Google's, or we'll call it AlphaZero's win over Stockfish. That is that is interesting. I, I'm excited to see the breakdown in general. And then, so have they thought about then putting this up again? I mean, I, I guess they would, if, if Stockfish is going to already destroy humans, I guess, in chess, then, then no one has a chance against against Alpha this zero. one. Alpha Zero. I don't even know how to equate that no one has a chance. Literally, why hasn't Alpha Zero become self-aware and said, why am I playing chess? I mean, seriously, that's the level of machine learning it's at. Like, it should be saying, like, you've taught me to do this. I taught myself. I'm destroying the world strong. Like, why am I playing chess? Like, that's the level. I know I sound like crazy, and this is a fun podcast, so I can make jokes like this, but this is like the beginning of machine learning becoming like a serious question in regards to, like, like what our goals are with humanity. I know there's all kinds of controversy as far as, you know, the godfathers of the of Silicon Valley and Elon Musk and what they all think about it. But I mean, AlphaZero just taught itself to play chess and destroyed everything we've known to date, destroyed it. And so, yeah, so that's the AlphaZero situation. It's just honestly, it destroyed and changed everything we have come to know about chess. The only question is, why is AlphaZero still playing chess at this point, you know? <laughs> That's the question. 
That's true. Is there other things that mm-hmm. Alpha Zero should be playing? Checkers, perhaps. <laughs> I don't. I mean, maybe he's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go make the NBA or something. Like, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but that's the real question. If it comes, that's cra- it's it's really crazy to to think just having all these engines do stuff. So, like now, does this mean that? The engine competition that you guys just had on chess.com, like, was that basically pointless at this point? Well, uh, I mean, it's it's pointless from the perspective that uh, it, Stockfish is no longer the strongest chess engine in the world, I guess. But again, the, the, yeah. the route by which these two arrived, again, I went on that long speech about how we made Stockfish what he is, and he has gone beyond mm. us due to CPU computing power, just like Komodo or Houdini, right? Yeah. And... Alpha Zero is a self-made man, right? Self-made machine. And so I, I, I kid, but again, he's just, it's like not even in the same realm. Are we already looking into possibly doing things with Alpha Zero on chess.com? You bet we are. But apparently Alpha Zero has bigger and better things lined up. In fact, if you read more into um, kind of Deep Mind and their company's goals and what they're doing with Alpha Zero, apparently Alpha Zero is like basically destroying the chess world was just like first on its <laughs> list, like checkbox. It was it's just like, like, this will be fun. It's like Thanos, right? He's just, yeah. he's just there to, you know, getting one infinity stone is just first on his list, right? He, he's got bigger and better fish to fry. Speaking of which, have you seen the Marvel infinity wars trailer? I did. I did. I watched it. You know, after our Justice League conundrum uh, last week, it was really interesting to then see, the new oh it's marvel marvel's avengers infinite war correct infinity is that, is that wars the, infinity war yeah um there's a lot of there's a lot happening in that trailer you know what <laughs> there is there's a, a lot. lot happening in that trailer <laughs> so much happening that my kids were so excited and obsessed to see it my boys i told you marvel owns me for all time and yeah. space um they watched all these like breakdowns and easter eggs of it they're telling me that you know, the hand that Iron Man's holding is Captain America's hand and he's and Captain America's dead and this person dies and that person. So I'm I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to the day when Infinity War is over, because I feel like if I see that through anything they come up with after this, like it's just not my problem. It's yeah, I'm yeah. A, I, I'll be like, boys, you got to pay for yourself. I don't have to see this Marvel <laughs> movie with you anymore. I I knowing me I'm I am I was a big fan of the Avengers. I thought it was a phenomenal's movie and I'll go see this but I I do fear as though kind of like in Justice League I think the problem there wasn't there was quite a bit of stuff going on but it wasn't overly like there was like every single character ever. Yeah. And I think what in the the Infinity Wars like didn't like Spider-Man show up and like this I'm like what is Spider-Man doing here? Like what is what's this what's going on over here? What is this guy doing here? Like who's what is what you know this was me like during the trailer I was like who's that what's that person doing here? I was like this this but, is not your movie. Why are you also, in this movie? But also did you see Spider-Man? Yeah. The new Spider-Man. No. Homecoming? Yeah. Homecoming dance? No. I think I told you I thought it was actually pretty good. I heard it was very good. And it tied. Seen... tied I never thought. I mean, once again, Spider-Man is the most overplayed, overdone, Tommy McGuire, this guy with an English accent. Like, I, I, I'm over it, right? But I was pleasantly shocked at not only was it a really good movie, but it also tied into the overall Avengers universe better than I ever thought they would. So that's part of the reason you felt I have to be honest, like, again, as much as I made fun of the boys and Marvel owns me like this Infinity War trailer, it got my juices flowing. Yes, I think that's the problem is you the problem for me, not the problem for you. The benefit for you is that you have seen all of them. Right. You are all in me. I'm just like, 
Eh, new Thor? Eh, probably not. Eh, Captain America? Eh, wait for DVD. You basically have you know? to now if you want to understand it because what they're, exactly. they're they're trying to do so much that every one of these movies is tying in some way to the other movies, you know? Yeah. It's really not, oh, this is Thor, this is Captain America. It's like this is Marvel Movie 1, Marvel Movie 2. It's every it, – all of them are sequels, yeah. you know, and they're all tied together. So if you miss out, I'm like, ah, well, what's going on? Right. So that's, that's yeah. actually – cool in the higher sense of tying multiple movies all together into this universe, kind of like a comic book does, you know, kind of funny. Right. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, imagine taking someone that's seen like, you know, if I was to take Heather to the movie, like she would understand it because we've seen a few movies here and there, but she's seen way less than me. Unless it's Deadpool, she basically doesn't want to see it is kind of what I'm, I'm into. I mean, I think she's interested, but way more interested in Deadpool because I made her go to the movie theater and watch Deadpool with me. And she loved it. Right. Um, and we cannot wait until Deadpool two. Cause there are so many funny trailers for the next so... Deadpool. And I know like none of it is actually showing scenes from the movie. Cause it's Ryan <laughs> yeah. Reynolds doing all this like original stuff <laughs> as the Deadpool character. I love it. Pretty funny. Yeah. I love it. I love the Bob Ross one so far. That's like my favorite one. It's just, you know, I- I'm so happy for Ryan Reynolds, you know, um, Finding that part, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we had talked about. I don't know if we talked about this last week on on the podcast. Or maybe I was talking with a friend. I was just like, I just felt like he needed one, you know, at Green Lantern and like, and I just love like going and watching back Deadpool again because we we watch it like every like three to five months basically, and just even watching the opening where he, the whole opening is just making fun of everything is right. just like absolutely delightful. It's right. delightful. Yeah, I well. Don't know. It'll be interesting to see. So we've seen the trailer. We're all on this on this inevitable train. But uh, I want to talk about the – so speaking – now that we've talked about what you're doing, what is this Meow Wolf adventure? Uh, clue me into this world. Yeah, so I've been – so some fun facts. Um, this month, we decided to do no work travel. It's a big deal. Oh, that's – yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not doing – personal travel so heather lined up an adventure to a place that we have never been uh which is new mexico i've never been to new mexico i may have laid over in albuquerque hard to say right hey who hasn't laid over in albuquerque right exactly right (laughs) so we decided that maybe we would go to santa fe and open a restaurant you would go to santa fe and open a new restaurant yeah hashtag rent reference um have you seen rent I no, I, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, okay. So after this after this podcast, you can go Google rent open a restaurant in Santa Fe scene from the movie Rent. Oh, I I had no idea what you were saying. Yes, I have seen yes. Rent. My wife has listened to the soundtrack like a million flipping yes. times. In yes. fact, the other so day, Shauna will know. I walked in Shauna and I wanted to be know. like, "Honey, you can't teach Hazel, our six year old daughter, the five hundred twenty one thousand six hundred minutes." <laughs> I'm like, honey, isn't that song like about AIDS and about yeah. di- and she and Hazel's like, yeah, dad, it's because he's dying and that's how many days he minutes he has in the year. I'm oh, like, honey, Hazel I know knows. you're six. Yeah. So anyway, that happened, but yes, okay, yeah. I know rent and I argue with my Got wife it. daily. So it's an obscure reference that when Heather told it to me, I did not know either. Right. So it's okay, and maybe our listeners will know. And they can, <laughs> they can they're going to be like, us. wow, you guys totally killed that joke. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Totally terrible. So. We she went to Santa Fe. I didn't know. I knew we were going to New Mexico because we had like some stuff and whatnot. But I didn't know what we were doing in New Mexico. We're just there for a weekend. We flew on a Friday out on Sunday, and uh, she really was like, "We really came here for one 
reason, like one place. We did a bunch of stuff. We had some good coffee. We had some good food. We had some brunch. We went to a few like you know historic places there.、Uh, and she's like, we came here for one reason. And I go, okay. She's like, she navigated me to this place, and it looked like from the outside a、uh, a broken down like old school、uh, bowling alley. You know, the big bowling pin outside,、mm-hmm. and had this big neon eighty style graphics of、uh, font, and it was called Meow Wolf. Like that's the name of the place. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on、and、the edge of my seat. When you go into the visit,、uh, when you go to Meow Wolf. Uh, slash about slash visit. It is all so Meow Wolf is like twenty thousand square feet. It's this huge interactive art exhibit. It's a permanent art exhibit. It is like fifty or sixty different artists that came together and built this fully immersive interactive story and house. Like it's a house inside of the building, and the house has a story. Associated with it, and the whole concept is like there's this family, this one like、uh, the, the, their child、uh, like passed away, and they're trying to figure out what happened. And like this guy's like kind of evangelical, and like he talks about like portals into other universes. And when you get into the house, like everything, it's a full like double story house. You can go up and down and do all this stuff in it, and everything to a T is like a full story. Like there's a newspaper, and like the newspaper is like something that they made.、And、like these books, every book is like hand meticulous art and. And it's like creepy but eerie, and there's like all everywhere you can go in. You pay to go in, and you're there. We're there for four hours, and as you start to go through the house, it the you start to unravel the story. It's called the House of Eternal Return, and you start to unravel the story of how there's like multiple like portals into universes, and the people you kind of go in and out of these different portals, and then the house breaks into these other portals that you get to experience. And there's like there's like fifty or sixty different environments. That you go through, it is absolutely bananas, crazy. It's like ridiculous. Dude, it's I, so I'm looking at these pictures、cool. and I feel like every single one of them could be the opening scene to a horror movie. Like this、it's、is the kind、so、of thing、cool. you get accidentally trapped and involved in before some really crazy stuff goes down. Yeah,、uh, it's bananas. Wow, it's so cool. And there's a whole story about. This team that was behind it, and you know they've just been kind of doing stuff for a long time, and this was their their really really big huge thing that they wanted.、Uh, George R R Martin,、uh, like、backed. yeah, the、uh, the guy that wrote the、uh, the the game of of you know the kings, whatever you know, you get it. Yep, yep, I got I it. I purposely yep,、yeah, mispronounced he... Game of Thrones just so all、yes. you GOT nerds would get mad at me. All right, calm down. Exactly. <laughs>、um, so it's this huge thing, it, and it we spent like four hours. It's it's. Absolutely bonkers.、So、if anyone ever goes to Santa Fe, you could also open a restaurant, or you could go to Meow Wolf and just have a blast of a time going. It was just amazing. That, 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 that's honestly fascinating. It reminds me also of that movie, the crazy movie with the. Sorry, I'm just looking at some of these pictures.、Just、looking it up. I I can't remember the name of this crazy movie. I'm thinking of, so it doesn't matter.、Um, <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Yeah, that was my weekend. That was my weekend. It was so unbelievably cool.、Um, I don't know, and like we just keep like learning more about it, and I, I don't know, it's it's bonkers, man. Like、yep. it's really cool, also because I mean everything to a T, like was just so. I mean there was there was bo- like full written books of like like journals, you know, that you would read through, and like someone wrote all of this. It's just like a passion that I've never seen. It's it's so so cool. I don't know, and and then 
at the same time, like they also have like concerts inside of it too. So like when they're not like having people explore, they're just like, oh, we're just going to have people like you a know, private do little concerts. concert. You know, we'll just get. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, yeah, that so was my weekend. So we'll top get, we'll that, get Jose, Danny. Hosier, Hosier out here. Hosier out here. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that would play there. So, exactly. I, I mean, so I don't top, know top that. Top that, Danny. Well, I can't top that. And honestly, I, you know, my weekend was some combination of, of keeping my head together and, uh, and probably getting, you know, getting the house set for, for Christmas or something. But I do, oh, man, it's coming. before we come to a close, I, I, the one, one exciting thing happened this weekend and that came to us from a listener. And we have to bring oh, this yeah. up because it, it actually, I think he, he was spot on when he said that bringing this to my attention would, would help us have a fun little, Fun little send-off discussion about where tech meets chess and chess meets tech. So he, uh, so his, uh, this user, first of all, thank you for being a user and everybody who's listening to this. His name is Lint, Lintonet on Twitter. L-I-N-T-O-N-N-E-T. Uh, Lintonet on Twitter. I don't know his real name. I'm looking for, I guess his real name is Chris because he revealed that our, our security support email from chess.com went to him and his name is Chris. So there you go, Chris. We now know your name. Um, <laughs> so he he asked me why chess.com reached out to him as a longstanding member. He's been a member on chess.com for years and he created his username a long time a long time ago, which included an underscore in the name. And he asked me why. He said, I, I'd love I'd love to hear the programming reasons from chess.com's perspective asking users to change their username to no longer include a symbol in the username. Um, he, I think you guys should discuss it on Coffeehouse Blunders. I think it would be a fun conversation about chess and tech. So I told him that I didn't even know we were asking that. I'm not involved in that particular aspect. So I reached out to my team and said, hey, is this true? Are we asking this and, and why? And he got back to me, um, one of our team members, JD, who uh, runs sort of a, a support meets developers to p- position, said that we're doing it because there was a there was a, a period where we were allowing users to basically put any sort of symbol into their username. Mm, terrible and idea. What it allowed was certain users basically used it as like a security hole, uh, mm. a security loop too. They could they could literally, without getting too technical, they could make usernames that were not only breaking our databases as far as search functionality and organizing stuff, but actually could could basically adjust code and put things in a username that would adjust code on the back end of our site. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what they were doing. Yeah, it's like a SQL injection almost in a way. It's very common. It's this is actually the reason that there's a few things. It's almost like when you you specify passwords, even though passwords are way out of date and I hate passwords, but passwords, you want to create a secure password, but then you go sign up for a service and they're like, oh, sorry, we only support numbers and letters. Right. And that's it's it. the and same like, reason well, why they're making that change. Yeah. So in that instance, and then some of them at least support some special characters, which is which is good. You should always use special characters in your passwords, but... Um, and often the difference is that passwords are hash, right? They're hash, they're encrypted. Yep. Um, and if they're not, then, then that's bad. And that's a but, real security hole. Yeah. But, but usernames, they're not right. They don't need to be because it's a username. It's right. literally what's always publicly visible. So they don't need to encrypt them. You know, everyone can see them because they're usernames, uh, for better or worse. Yeah. And the problem there is that, yeah, like different crazy characters who do really wacky stuff in all different frameworks. So, I also think it's not only just a problem for uh, um, for pr- developers. I think it's also a usability problem. I think Twitter runs into this because they allow underscores and allow under like dots and things like no, that. I think there are because there are, there are visual yeah. 
you know, UI, UX reasons why, like, hey, we don't want to allow this. And that was my first thought. But I thought it would be weird to not grandfather in someone who's been with the site for a while if that was really all it was. So I kind of figured something was up, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think it's a good decision because I th- there's some other websites I use that they allow any wacky thing. And I'm just like, this is not even a, like how is like and that's the other part is is when you become so big and people want and you have you actually have a network of of friends and challenges you also don't want usernames to look sketchy but also let's say that your danny wrench username was like um dollar sign ampersand wacky whack at sign danny plus minus ampersand you know what i'm saying how am i even supposed to enter that right Right. just like no it's silly so i think it's a usability problem there in the case of chris it really was just an underscore but even that you know we're just moving away from any symbol so i think so I guess Chris was right. This did lead to an interesting little chess tech discussion. I think you had more to offer on this than I did as far as knowing the potential security risk. Have you guys ever, you know, gone through periods like that where you sort of recognize a security hole that has to do with something that users can directly interface with and you have to change it? And Because we're basically reaching out to, to longtime members like Chris and telling them, hey, we're letting you change your username yourself manually. And basically, if you don't, like, we're probably just going to delete the underscore in your username and that's your new username. Yeah, we'll remove as long as as long as that username is yeah, available. Available, right? And if it's not, yeah, add then a you one have at to the be end. settled on whatever we give you. We'll add a one at the yeah. end of it, right? And everyone hates being yeah. Chris Johnson one, right? Oh, worse. Right? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think this has definitely popped up from time to time on many, many different websites and different stuff. I mean, I, I prefer not to ever... A lot of stuff that I do personally, as far as my personal work, I, I prefer not to worry about the authentication part of it. So, for instance, this is why, like, you know, login with Facebook or login in Twitter is popular because I don't want to worry about a username and password yep. store. Facebook yep. and Twitter are big enough, but sometimes you have to. And actually, in the world of Microsoft and, and .NET and, and how we develop, there's some de facto things that we use ourselves that Microsoft um, has has just drag and drop in kind of this is what you do. But if you're a site that's been around for a while, like chess.com has been around for a while, there, there are decisions that were made 50, you know, not 50 years ago, but 10 years ago or whatever, when it was created that are impacting now more than ever. And in fact, just like YouTube, right? When YouTube broke because of in 32 versus in 64, those are design decisions. Yeah. And we, and we way back in the day of that last year. Yeah, because of exactly. Our big two billionth, whatever that number is, game played. So, yeah, I mean, won't it be fun when we can actually say 50 years ago and still be referring to our lifetime and our, like, tech generation? (laughs) Yeah, it'd be fun. Right now, we say 50 years ago because it's, like, a a common term you say, and then you're like, wait a second. No, that's literally not possible with tech. But (laughs) anyway... Chris uh, Lintonet on uh, on Twitter. Thanks for reaching out. This was awesome listener feedback and a good question. And uh, now you know that we are having you change your username due to what was previously a massive security risk that we have fixed. And now we are trying to move away from having any older username still have um, that that visual kind of presentation and, and whatever potential issues that might be occurring in our database because of those because of those extra and unwanted symbols so and that reminds everybody else you can reach out to us on twitter you can reach out to us on uh you can send us direct feedback at blunders.fm so if you ever have listener feedback and it's easier for you to ask us a question that way now you know that Mots and i will check it and we will probably get to your listener feedback on the show right Motsy? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. You can go to blunders.fm, hit that contact button, tweet at us. You know where to do. And 
think that's about it, Danny. You know, I just want to remind everyone, not only should you contact us, but also if you like this podcast, tell a friend about it. You know, you just be like, hey, check out this, this Caveat's Blunder. Send them a little link. Send them a little link over there. Give us, you know, send it over there. We're growing slowly organically. I think we're like... I like to think of this show as like a knife, a nice French roasted hand grinded brew with a slow, <laughs> a slow pour over and a December drip. That's kind of what our show <laughs> is really all about as we, as we, as we drip ourselves into an awesomely delicious cup of Joe. Oh my goodness. All right, Danny, that's going to, end that's that ridiculous do it. Metaphor. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Danny. All right. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Yeah. All right. Bye. Are you still there? Mots, Motsy. Okay, everybody, if you're listening to this, then you already know there's a technical failure. Mots, is it me or you? It's not me, it's you, baby. We're breaking up. It's not me, it's you. I wonder if this is still recording. This could be like a hilarious blooper scene. Right as I was predicting Alpha Zero was going to take over the world, you get disconnected.